Good day, good afternoon, good whenever it is you are listening to this. Thank you very much for listening to this. You are checking out yet another episode of Woke and Baked. We're at episode 60-something or other. And today, I got to sit down and shoot the poop, flamethrow the colostomy bag, and do all that other good stuff with Jake Thompson regarding a trio of new series and new movies on Netflix to include... Dolomite Is My Name, the new documentary, not really a documentary, biographical film starring Eddie Murphy on Netflix about Rudy Ray Moore and his fantastic character, Dolomite. Not biased at all. Also, Daybreak and Skyline are on the chopping block as well. If you're not familiar with Skyline, it's a TV show on Netflix. Well, it's a Netflix show about hip-hop in Germany, Frankfurt to be specific. So, without further ado, let's give a strong, solid shout-out to Iron Asylum, located at 35165 KB Drive. You can find them on Facebook and Instagram. Now, on the 22nd of November, there is a fundraiser. They will have whiskey and deadlifts, as well as distance-defined playing. So, if you're looking looking for a reason to get out of the house on the 22nd of November, that there is a very solid reason. I'm fairly certain they will have a grill going on as well. So if you are looking to get out of the house on the 22nd, there, that's something to do. Now, if you are looking to get into the shape of your life, be sure to check out Iron Asylum. They've got a PFD special going on right now until the 1st of December. For $500, you get a full year membership, which comes out to be a pretty sweet-ass deal. Also, the Schnitzel Bomber, located on K Beach Drive and the corner of Poppy. They are rated 5 out of 5 on Facebook, and they are open from Tuesday to Saturday, 11.30 to 8 p.m. For more information, please like them and follow them on Instagram and Facebook. They've got weekly special, plus you can ask them to freestyle something cool for you if you're on a keto diet. They've got something for you. They will make something happen that you can put in your belly that is worth the investment of your time and energy. All right, 5150 Vapes, located across the street from Soldatna Creek Park. They are your vape super center on the peninsula. If you are looking for cool box mods, they've got them. If you are looking for cool flavored nicotine juices, they've got those too. They are also the exclusive location to get your Woken Baked t-shirt. So if you're looking for that smiling Unabomber t-shirt, that's a place you can go to get your smiling Unabomber t-shirt. And last, but certainly not mother-loving least, and I say mother-loving with the utmost respect. I'm sure every one of the folks involved in this corporation, this company, love their mothers. Or they don't. Either way, they're all grown-ups and they can love who they want to love. It is Red Run Cannabis Company, Da-da-da-da, located in Kenai. Alaska on the Spur Highway. They've got a retail location. They've got fine oils. They've got the number one edible in the state of Alaska, according to me and anyone who else who likes lemonade. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. It is hashé. There are so many things you can do with this drink because it's lemonade, really. Like your your limit is creative. The limit the limit is your creativity. I'm I'm at a loss for words. It's too early in the morning. All right, folks. Uh, after the show. Be sure to hang out and listen to that super duper sweet cannabis warning. All right. Without further ado, it's Jake Thompson.
Ooh, you know, I got a metronome on. Good day. Good day. Howdy. Howdy. New mic. New new mic. New new well, it's still the same space, but like upgrades to the space. Yeah. There are spatial upgrades. Yeah, the place was different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Doing things. <laughs> Big things. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. Uh, yeah, very interesting. I don't I don't want to give it away because it's uh you know, see it kind of your deal, but yeah. you know, it looks like a content delivery. Things is yeah. things are rolling. Things are rolling. So, speaking of things are rolling, mm-hmm. what have you been up to? I haven't seen you in like two weeks. Um, you know, not much. Just uh, you know, enjoying some uh, local activities. You know, some new businesses that have opened up that you know might be child oriented, where you can take your kids to. But uh, you know, been doing, you know, doing that. Also, uh, been just binge watching a lot of Netflix. Okay. And we'll get to the binge-watching Netflix in a second. So, are you talking about the new Kenai Extreme Fun Center? Yes, yeah. The Centero Day Fun? Yeah. I was going to ask you if you wanted to go check that out, but you already took your children to that. Yeah. I, I was going to, but then I thought, what could be more awkward than two almost 40-year-old men walking around the Kenai Extreme Fun Center by themselves on a Saturday afternoon? What would be sadder? Two almost 40-year-old men not walking around <laughs> the Kenai Extreme Fun Center on a Saturday afternoon. Yeah, right. Um, how, so how was it? What were it your was, impressions? It was pretty cool. Uh, you know, I, I like it. Uh, you know, you cruise through money pretty quick there, though. Okay. I mean, you know, it is a little on the pricey side of things, but, you know, the, the prizes the kids can win are pretty good quality. The game's pretty fun. And, uh... You know, so, uh, and then sometimes, you know, you're there with your kids, you're like, I really want to play. Like, fun to hang out here and, uh, you know, just one afternoon by myself, playing Hunter. So, what kind of games do they have? Um, it's a little bit of a mix. You have some of kind of uh, your carnival-esque games like skeetball and, uh, you know, the, the basketball just any of those like traditional sort of win tickets type games and then you have some kind of lottery sort of or uh, more like the gambler ticket win you know where uh, you, you you know you push a button and maybe you win 500 tickets maybe you don't uh but it's it's mostly like those type of games although if, if you do go upstairs they do have like a really gigantic uh, space invaders okay. where you get the guns so there is some old style arcade but most of it's a it's a geared towards trying to win tickets okay so, ski ball, I'm assuming. Yeah. Okay. Laser tag? No laser tag. Uh, what did they have to make up for the space? Like, they've got to have something like... Okay, so for example, Jumpin' Junction has the upstairs uh, laser mm-hmm. uh, glow-in-the-dark Yeah, uh, like black light golf. golf. Yeah. 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 So what did, what do they have? I mean, because it seems like they've got a lot of space in there to do stuff. They've got... You know, it's... Uh, I think... It's a smaller space on the inside than it looks from the outside. Because you get in there and it's, you know, you see it, it's like, huh. It's almost like the TARDIS looks smaller than the piano. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, they, you know, they everything's spaced out pretty well. I guess they're actually supposed to be getting more, some even, you know, putting even more things in there. But, um, I don't know. It's, uh, it's definitely smaller than their Wasilla one. Okay. Fair enough. I mean, I 
have to remember that when we're talking about things like arcade games, yeah, you, you have to get them all the way up here, and sometimes <laughs> you get what you get. On the flip side, that's why a place like I think Zeros is as successful as, mm-hmm. as it is because you can go in there and if you want to, rather than spending you know like a hundred bucks to have a little bit of fun at, at the Extreme Fun Center, you know you can go into Zeros and for you know the same amount of money uh, that it would have cost to do your party there, you can get like an old. PlayStation, some games that you can like mash out with your kids on, uh, or or invite your friends over. I don't know. I have, but I haven't made it, so I can't like. Yeah. I can't like. I can't do like smash or pass with them. Uh, say, you know, I say for what it is, it's you know, it, you know, give it a thumbs up. I think it's definitely a place people should take their kids to at least once, give it a try. But okay, just to, just accept that uh, it's either going to be a short visit that doesn't cost you very much, or. You try to draw it out and make it sound kind of a big event, you know, it'll get a little pricey. Okay, so um, then I guess the next question is, is it more worth it to go to to save the trip up for, you know, Dave and Busters? Oh, I don't know. I haven't done the Dave and Busters thing. Okay. So neither have I. Yeah. I mean, I've been to a Dave and Busters. I've been to a couple of Dave and Busters. Um, and if this is supposed to be kind of a Dave and Busters, they serve food there. Yeah, yeah. It's the basic, like... I actually had to try one of the pizzas, and uh, I don't know. It was kind of like a it's your standard, kind of like a pizza you made at home yourself. Maybe a little better, but it's like the marinara is obviously spaghetti sauce, you know, a little cheese sprinkled on it, and a couple pepperonis. But like you eat it, and it's like ah, you know, I would, this is one of those, you know, like buck fifty kind of pizzas that I would enjoy at home. Gotcha. And it was good size. So. All right. So. For the money, it's a little bit pricey, but it is what it is, and this is where we live. Yep. Gotcha. All right, so which which leads us to kind of where we're going with all of this, and, and that is home entertainment. Yeah. Um, let's talk about a, a little bit about the show that, that you introduced. You and my wife actually got into to this show. Um, Breakdown? Breaked on? Daybreak. Daybreak. Okay, all, new, a new on Netflix, new series. Yeah. Uh, tell me a little bit about it. Oh, it's, uh, so it's sort of uh, like a post-apocalyptic teenage romantic comedy series, for lack of a, for lack of a better way to say it. And even, you know, uh, I, you know, having said that, I understand, you know, it's, it's not really, Jake Thompson isn't the teenage romantic comedy type, but, um, you know, it's, uh, it ha- it's it's funny. It's hilarious, and I haven't figured out um, if it pays homage to the movies of the '80s, or if it's just directly ripping them off. So, a little bit of Daybreak. Uh, first off, uh, just it's the Warriors font. If you've seen the Warriors, <laughs> uh, late '70s, early '80s crime gangs, mm-hmm. the original gangs in New York, in the the. In the yeah. realist way, the Warriors were a, uh, a gang from Coney Island, New York, and the Daybreak logo is their, the Warriors tag, essentially, yeah. which I think is one very easy way that you see that this is homage to, like, the system has broken down. Um, but it's a do, it's, it's 
on the, the Google machine, which, by the way, we should probably all get off of and go on to DuckDuckGo. Um, shout out to DuckDuckGo. Shout out to all of the ducks. By the way, the wife yeah. got ducks recently. Oh. We have ducks. I am the proud owner of ducks and a dog named Duck. That's, that's a big responsibility. It is a big responsibility. I've got to, I've got to protect ducks from a dog named Wart. It's it's really weird, man. Yeah. It's really weird. Um, so yeah, so the doom the fact that the doomsday comedy drama genre exists, yeah, is where we live. And and the doomsday genre is nothing new. It's been it's been around since God at least long before Mad Max. It goes back to um, to the the death race movies, the Roger Cormer, uh, Roger Roger Corman. Uh, movies uh, years uh, years before that, you know, there are. It's a genre, but the yeah. fact that it's been a, it's become a, like a prevalent genre, genre that we're seeing on a regular basis, is something that I think is new. But maybe it, maybe it's our ability to to get content delivered to us as much of it as we're getting unfiltered as as it is that that's changing. Like we get a we get a better taste of what is out there than we were getting 20 or 30 years ago like you and if you were going to be different like you really had to be different and you really really had to be independent but now it's becoming more affordable to be independent yeah yeah exactly i think that definitely plays into it and i i think what we're seeing is probably uh the type of the type of shows that are coming out now really are the type of shows that used to be niche you know um you know, there was maybe like one or two shows of these particular uh, genres, and you almost had to like know someone who introduced you to it. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like Netflix, you know, featured. And I think as uh, you've just seen the success and of uh, I think a genre that I think maybe was a little bit late blooming. I do like that Matthew Broderick is is in the cast, and that's how you know that they at least wanted to be a little bit respectful because um, we're living in a weird time of forced nostalgia. Mm-hmm. And you see it with Zombieland 2, which I'm I'm boycotting the existence of. It could be great, um, but it seems like it's it's a sequel that's ten years too late. Uh, however, I, shameless money grab, shameless money grab, and that would be that'd be great if that were the title. If it were <laughs> Zombieland 2, shameless money grab, uh, shameless money grab, and brought to you by Hostess. And Cadillac Escalades, <laughs> and, and that would be great. I I know what I'm getting into, mm-hmm. but I understand that everybody everybody needs a check, um, and the maybe maybe pe- enough people want to see that movie. But I feel like it should have been called either you know like Shameless Money Grab or What the Fuck for. <laughs> um, but yeah, five years ago, because Zombie Land was great. Zombie Land gave us. Uh, or this this zombie apocalypse genre. I don't remember giving a shit about zombies in front of me before Zombieland came out. Like I'm sure that the genre was bubbling. I'm sure, like I know it existed. Well, it was, you had like Night of the Living Dead, which is kind of the original, and then everything sort of building from that. But in Zombieland, I think that was the first time you you saw like a you know, a post-apocalyptic zombie uh, humor. Yeah. Like, you know, like, 
and not in a, we're going to keep the violence in and we're going to keep it just as violent as if it was, you know, going to be a, a horror film, but we're going to throw in some comedy in it, but not make it super goofy like it's a comedy. Yeah. So, uh, and I dig you on that. Yeah. Cause you had the search for the Twinkies and da 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 da, which I thought was a, a great, a, a, a great bit um, in the first one. And I don't know how you replicate that. Is he now searching for ding-dongs? Is it now Woody Harrelson searching the apocalypse for ding-dongs? Now he's given up on Twinkies. He doesn't give a shit anymore. Now it's ding-dongs. I don't know. I don't know where to go with it. Because they're also living in a universe where that was it 2012, 2013 when Hostess closed down and there were no no more Twinkies. Like that never happened either. Like... I don't know how they address that technology hasn't changed at all. So I, because I don't want to spend money on the shameless cash grab. Which makes me feel like um, it's more important for us. Sorry about that. I got it. First rule of Fight Club, I, tur- I left my phone on. <laughs> um, so uh, with this... Um, you know, um, with the movies, like I, I feel like you, we have to be a little bit more cognizant of how we spend our time, we have how we spend yeah. our money, because I don't want to go and spend my time and my money on a shameless cash grab. And so, in your your opine, yeah, should people spend the oh, was it ten episodes of this show? Uh, should they spend the time to watch it? I'm only, uh, <clears throat> I'm about four or five episodes in it, and uh, to be honest, really enjoyed it. I think uh, the fact that you have, uh, you know, uh, you have Ferris Bueller playing the, the role of a, of a principal when um, they make sort of a, a, a joke about, uh, you know, sort of their own spin on that moment in history, the Bueller, Bueller. Um, and so I, I think... There's there's neat little sort of uh, I don't I don't know what you you would call them Easter eggs I guess yeah. if you were if you were a big movie buff in the eighties that uh, or if you're familiar with like classic eighties cinema um, there's enough little moments like that that I think uh, you feel rewarded for like oh you know I, I caught that I caught that and if you watch it with someone they may even you know they may even yeah. catch some that you you know you didn't see um, and that's from Pretty in Pink you know. Something in that nature, but uh, so I I am about four or five episodes in it. Uh, the story's pretty good. It's goofy. Uh, it's campy on purpose. But uh, honestly, I don't know if I'll return to it to finish the rest of the episodes. But I intend to. So it's it's there in the maybe. Like you know, I I may have seen enough of it. So it's a predictable plot. <laughs> I feel that way about something I've started watching as well called Skyline. Yeah. Skyline is a German drama series. It's a German crime drama series that takes place in the Frankfurt hip-hop music scene involving Skyline Records. Uh, There's some weird uh, military um, terrorist... Uh, Red Army faction stuff going on in the show um, that also includes references, Easter eggs, really Easter eggs to the Frankfurt hip hop community. For example, in the show, they refer to a club called Candies. Mm-hmm. Now, 
there's no club candies, but there is a cookies. Um, and so rather than have cookies, you have candies. Uh, and the things that you would talk about, violent, crazy shit that would happen at cookies because people got shot there. Uh, like, when in a place where people don't really have guns very often, yeah. uh, there were shootings in this place, like inside. There were stabbings out. So fucked up shit happened at, at cookies in Frankfurt. However, in this TV show, there's bad stuff that's happening at candies. Um, you know, but it, it's um, weird sort of brothers who are fighting with each other. One is, one ha- is the image uh, of a gangster, of a street gangster. The other brother is the street gangster who went off to, to spend 20 years doing some mystery shit before he comes back to Frankfurt to, to spoil or alert, sell heroin and run a, some street gang shit. It's, there's a lot going on. I'm at the very beginning of the last episode, and I think I've had enough. <laughs> like, like I can't watch anymore. There's so many weird subplots that never get addressed. Um, it's like, oh, there's a subplot, there's a subplot, there's a subplot, there's something, there's some weird interpersonal relationship that needs to be addressed, doesn't get addressed. Um, and it's so bad that they're not going to make a second season to close up all of these loopholes and, and, and these plot holes. And I feel like I'm never going to get an answer uh, in this thing that, in a weird way, was a very big part of my life when I was a much younger man, when I lived in Germany, mm-hmm. when I lived in that area, uh, and, and people were making hip-hop, and, and I know these places that they're talking about, and I know these some of the artists that they're talking about. I've, you know, I've seen these places, I've been to these places, but... I'm watching it for nostalgia. Yeah. And everything else about it sucks. Exactly. And that's like and then you get so deep into it that it's almost like you you say, "Well, I I'm 6 7 episodes in. I I have to finish it or else, you know, <laughs> I've I have no achievement here. It will always be haunting me what will happen next." Um, when in reality, no, you can just you can just save that little extra bit of your life and move on. Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. So, we're 18 minutes in, and let us now, let us now move on to the big one. Uh-oh. Let's do this. Pause. It sounds a little bit dirty. We are going to talk about the new movie starring Eddie Murphy. It is called Dolomite. Dolomite. Is my name. Is my name. And it stars the, the one and only brother of Charlie. Eddie Murphy. Yes. So you watched it last night. I watched and it. Wesley Snipes. <laughs> and Wesley and Wesley Snipes. There's a long. Let's talk a little bit about. Uh, well, let's start at the very top. Craig Brewer is the director of this film. Mm-hmm. He also has directed Hustle and Flow. He direct uh, directed Hustle, uh, Black Snake Moan. Uh, he's directed also uh, the forgotten masterpiece Footloose. Uh, in 2011, and uh, and who can forget the legend of Tarzan, uh, or Katy Perry's Part of Me? Oh, classic! Didn't know that he directed that, which is a little bit of uh, kind of weirds me out a little bit. Makes me think, uh, makes me wonder whether or not he's part of the Illuminati uh, power structure. Um, but you know, who am I to judge? Uh, Craig Brewer has done some great movies. He's also done some stinkers, but. The fact that this is the guy that did Black Snake Moan mm-hmm. uh, and, and a movie that I've watched 
a lot more as I've gotten older uh, with a lot more appreciation, hustle and flow. I feel like this is a movie that is was um, done where everyone involved, everyone involved in the cast wanted to be there for a bunch of different reasons. Um, coming with you know Eddie Murphy as a producer, mm-hmm. um, I think that this felt like something that was created by people who loved the source material. Yeah, it's, uh, and I, I, I think it's, uh, I can't quite think of how to explain it, but I think a lot of people that came together to make this film also did it in the sense of they wanted to pay tribute to, uh, you know, this kind of, I don't know, just, you have to sort of watch the film, but this guy from 1975, and this moment in 1975, and uh, I think that you know, that particular type of movement influenced their lives in such a way that to make this movie, it probably for them wasn't about the money. Yeah, and, and it really come. It, it seems like there's a difference in something when it's done for the money and when it's done for the art. Yeah. And this is something that it's, it's like a good mixtape. It's like a really good mixtape done by a really good band. It's... So, are you familiar with Record, day, record Store Day? No, no. So Record Store Day is it's like a holiday in uh, in the lower 48 at record stores. And I'm sure if we had more record stores here, they would celebrate it. But mm-hmm. there are special releases that come out on this one particular day that you know you can only buy at record stores, like they're vinyl only releases. Yeah. So on Record Store Day a couple of years ago, Stone Sour put out a cover record, mm-hmm. um, and it was like Escape from Burbank or something like that. But they had covers of. Um, Bad Brains Sailing On and a bunch of other uh, bands and songs and you felt like these bands were doing these songs not because they really wanted to get paid because this came out on fucking record store day but these are songs that they that they enjoyed uh, and that's why they were doing it so in this with Snoop playing a, a, a DJ at a shitty radio station in the back of a record store, which oddly sounds perfect. I know, um, yeah. Yeah, that sounds really cool. Like, it sounds convenient, too. Yeah. <laughs> if you're like, I really like that song, uh, <laughs> what's that song? You can buy it right there. Um, but That's I'm Thinking About You, also located in aisle 15. In the, <laughs> in the specials section. Yeah. In the specials. It is a 15-cent vinyl. Um so let's go through a little bit of the cast. Wesley Snipes, Keegan-Michael Key, Craig Robinson, who, by the way, steals a show in pretty much everything he's in. Mike Epps, uh, you don't even know he's there, which is weird because he's he's Mike Epps and he's got such yeah. a presence. Uh, Titus Burgess, um, who you may uh, you may remember, I believe, is the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Yes. He's wonderful in that. Um, just uh, some of these, some of the, the cast is just... They're there, and you're grateful that they're there. Snoop made a bunch of references on, on his first record to to Dolomite. Yeah, uh, and so you you get the strong feeling like this wasn't about. This is more about getting the acting credit than it is uh, for the the paycheck involving the acting credit. Yeah, Ti has got his own silly, stupid show on Netflix that fucking weird rap version of The Voice where they're battle rappers, but they're not really battle rappers. Have you seen that one? No, I have not. It's like a shitty hustle and it, it's like a something in flow or 
something and something, but it's Cardi B, T.I., and someone else. Uh, and they are judging people. They're judging rappers on all kinds of shit, but it seems like they're pulling rappers from, from Instagram posts, not mm -hmm. necessarily like rapper rappers. Because if you go and you watch any of these like cool dressed kids in skinny jeans with holes, which were all the rave 30 years ago, uh, they get smashed by uh, these other, by, by a modern battle rapper, like a guy like Disaster or Gorilla Nems or, or any of these other fellas uh, that, that are really good and really entertaining and, and use props. I'll play some Loaded Lux for you later. That guy is a very entertaining battle rapper who makes people feel really bad about who they are as people when he does what he does, which is kind of the point of battle rapping. It's not to impress Cardi B. Like, um, Cardi B has a lot of hits uh, over the last couple of years, uh, but I don't think that she is someone who in like 10 years, people are gonna be like, oh yeah, man, that was her, that was Cardi B's Sgt. Pepper's album. You know, like that was when Cardi B changed everything. Um, and now I'll be honest, when I gave Bob Dylan went electric. <laughs> yeah, when Bob Dylan plugged in. It was like it was over. It was it just changed everything. Uh, when when uh, the Grateful Dead were introduced to LSD by Hank Harrison. Um, are you familiar with Hank Harrison? No, not familiar with Hank Courtney Harrison. Courtney Love's Dad. Really? Yeah. Oh. So Courtney Love's Dad, um, who uh, allegedly. There's some allegedly's in here. No. Before we get into the review of Dolomite. <laughs> should we get into the review of Dolomite or should we go into Courtney Love's dad? Oh, that's a tough one. Which direction do you go here? You tell me. The uh, Let's go into... Well, we'll use that as a teaser and we'll roll back to Dolomite. All right. So, um, great cast. Yeah. Uh, and and a definitely something that, in my opinion, when you start looking at things that matter, like the background, like the clothes that they're wearing... Uh, the romantic way that they sort of tell the story of how he meets the woman who becomes uh, uh, Queen Bee, mm -hmm. uh, the, the um, Lady Reed. You know, um, these are these are things that kind of they they get addressed, and I think that that they do a really good job of of sort of romanticizing the the hard work uh, that. You know, Rudy Ray Moore put into bringing a this character to life, but bringing a lot of people along for the ride mm -hmm. uh, that wouldn't have had the opportunity to make that ride if if it wasn't there before. Like he got the wheels rolling on a lot of these things. Well, I think I think the message in the story really is, uh, you know, believe in yourself. Yeah, I mean that's it's it's such a feel good story. Like honestly, going into this. I'm just thinking new Eddie uh, Murphy film. I'm not, I, you know, I had no idea who Rudy Ray Moore was. I was unfamiliar with Dolomite. Um, I'm just thinking, okay, is he going to play every single character again? Um, so I had no idea really what to expect. I was actually expecting kind of more of a hardcore, goofy comedy because you look at the, you look at kind of the brief, uh, like the trailer. The trailer. It looks like, you know, it looks like a, another black exploitation film. So I thought there was going to be some kind of parody on that. So as I'm I, as I'm watching the movie, I, I keep going. It's like, well, where's the joke? Like, like this. When does this get funny? You know, it's like this guy's in debt. Like going deeper in debt. About you know loses the rights to all, like it's you know loses or about to lose the rights to all of his records. 
you know, for the stupid film. And I'm like, the whole time, I'm like, when, when does this get funny? Yeah. Um, so that's what got me about, you know, it was about halfway through the movie when it hit me. I was like, Eddie Murphy is an incredible actor. Yeah. Like, this is a really actually kind of deep role for him. He got fat. Yeah. Like, he, he didn't get Proper fat. He got normal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he looked like Rudy Ray Moore. And if yeah. you're, if you're listening to this at a computer, like, by all means, go, go to the Google machine and look up Rudy Ray Moore. Um, he made himself a, a sex symbol and he was fucking funny. By all <laughs> means, you should, you should go back and you should listen to the Rudy, uh, the Rudy Ray Moore stuff that, that's on iTunes mm-hmm. uh, because he does a very good, he does a very good job, uh, Eddie Murphy does. Um, of accepting who he is and, and, and his importance as a cultural figure in, in the art form of stand-up mm-hmm. comedy. When people, when you ask stand-up, comedy, uh, stand-up comics who really influences them, uh, Eddie Murphy's a guy that gets thrown out by a lot of folks. Um, and so it's Eddie Murphy and a lot of other folks putting, a, putting together a very important love letter to the subject matter, mm-hmm. to this person and the things that they did. Um, yeah, so I think this is definitely a film that's worth the investment. The people that were involved, um, if if you were like, man, whoever was involved in this Tarzan film should go fuck themselves, um, forgive that moment, all right? It's okay. They've come back and they've redeemed themselves. The dude from Hustle and Flow and and uh, the the Illuminati master work that is that one Katy Perry documentary um, <laughs> has redeemed them himself uh, with a movie about Rudy Ray Moore and Rudy Ray Moore so believed in himself that he risked everything as his dreams were finally becoming true because he believed it could be that next thing and it was camp and it was fun yeah and it's for people that like the trauma films, for people that like the Toxic Avenger, yeah, uh, Dolomite is also something that's right up their alley. Um, and so, yeah, I recommend. I would recommend um, Dolomite is my name. That is definitely a film that I would recommend to strangers and friendlies alike. Your opinion? Um, oh, I, I definitely. I think uh, I'm throwing anyone that's kind of fond of any sort of like Ed Wood style camp. Um, I, th- I think would enjoy this because this is, um, it, it has that vibe, but you can tell like this guy was in on the joke. Yeah. You know, it wasn't just, it wasn't necessarily the incompetence, but it was actually probably a guy this, uh, you know, this persistent, the guy believes in himself this much. Everything there is probably on purpose. There's a real do-it-yourself aesthetic. Yeah. To what he did uh, to what Rudy Raymore did and for he so believed in himself that he was working um, he was working sweaty living rooms throughout the, the United States in the middle of the night making people laugh and he got people out of the house and he was having a good time like everything about this film was inspiring to me mm-hmm. like it was it was uh, Rudy for like people who were you know 
over 40 and haven't done anything with their lives <laughs> <laughs> and they decided to make a podcast yes. and, and they and now they believe and <laughs> and now they want everyone else to believe in them yeah. believe in what i'm doing friends um yeah i think it was definitely a good film definitely worth the investment of time i i definitely think if you do consider yourself you know uh, an artist in any sort of uh way you know I think everyone, everyone who's an artist has a little bit of self-doubt, and I think this is a great movie for uh, just a little reminder that, you know what, people may tell you your product is garbage, and they may even be right, but if you're just consistent enough and, you know, and keep pursuing it and pursuing it, you probably have like a 1 in 300,000 chance that it'll happen, so, you know, keep the dream alive. It's not funny and there's no kung fu. <laughs> <laughs> Watch the movie. It's a great movie. There's not even is it? There's not even any kung fu. It's just to go fucking watch the movie. It's it's two hours of your time, uh, and let us know what you think. Yeah, um, I definitely definitely think it's worth your time. If uh, if you are a fan of comedies, if you are a fan of feel good comedies, if you are a fan of comedies where they say fuck a lot and there's there's titties. Yeah, there's a lot of breasts. Yeah, that was that there's was a bit of a there's shocker. nudity. Um, there's yeah. Eddie Murphy's butt. Yeah, I mean, like we're we're rolling back to the you know. Yep. To the old school Eddie Murphy. Yeah, this is the thing to remember is that without Dolomite, Another forty-eight hours. <laughs> man, without Dolomite, there yeah. Eddie Murphy as we know him, we, we doesn't exist. No. Chris Rock doesn't exist. Snoop Dogg doesn't exist. Uh, too short. Does does Too Short exist? And what does what does Too Short sound like if like if Dolomite doesn't exist first? You know, and actually that's uh, that's another thing that's interesting to touch on is the uh, the Rudy Ray Moore. Uh, as the Dolomite, if you if you, it's basically the beginning of rap. Yeah. You know, I mean, I or at least I could I could kind of track back what current rap sounds like now to where the fundamentals were, and that would be Dolomite. And I think that this film does a really good job of showing where Rudy Ray Moore got his roots and mm-hmm. how his job was to to take this that was here, polish it, and present it, uh, to to take what's happening in the street, to clean it up, and then make it presentable in a way that it still has its roots. He didn't go to the mainstream. The mainstream kind of went to him. They discovered him, and he did his own thing. And I think that that's what's important, is he created his market, and he controlled it, and he sold it, and he bet on himself. Yes. So... Remember, you've got to surround yourself with people that that believe in you. I think that's the there's there's so much in this. Like, um, the, the okay, so the spoiler alert. If you're in this film, short of short of Keegan Michael Key, uh, and and Ti, um, well, immediately off the top of my head. Um, everyone else steals the show in their own way. Mm-hmm. Like I've Wesley Snipes is fucking awesome. Yeah, he's really cool. Um, Craig Robinson is great. Uh, the 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 way they deal with race mm-hmm. is awesome. The Rudy Ray Moore's just bringing people together. Yeah, fucking great movie. Watch the movie. It's <laughs> watch it. An hour and fifty eight minutes. And really about an hour and 45 when you get rid of credit, uh, yeah. uh, the, the credits. And, and let's be real, it's, it's Netflix. You don't have to watch credits. No. No. Um, what, would you, what would you recommend with this film as a snack? Oh, where do we go here? Um, 
Well, it's not it's not one of those films where it's going to be so laugh out loud funny that you you have to worry about any kind of choking hazards. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I mean, you kind of your options are open here. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, it, maybe it's a you know, nothing crunchy. Of, yeah. No, definitely not a. Yeah. And for you people that eat nachos <sighs> in in the movie theater, worst people in the world. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Crunchy do food is not okay. Get something crunchy before you go yeah. to the movies. My wife likes nachos, and I love my wife. But yeah, they make a lot of noise. You know, bring yourself some string cheese. Ooh. String cheese is quiet. Ooh, pasta. Yeah. Oof. Ooh, mashed potatoes and gravy. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, just uh, there's not a whole lot of no, slurping. You just unless it's in like a plastic cup, and then you get all that sound. Yeah, maybe I can mm. fuck people up. So <laughs> MREs. Can I talk about a recent movie-going experience at the the Brad Pitt in Space movie? And this is yeah. why I really like where we're going with this Jake and Bill streaming service and chill. <laughs> um, I, I recently saw at, at one of our local theaters the Brad Pitt in Space movie, and there was a lady in front of me who was giving her running commentary of the movie. And it would be great if she was funny, right? Because there's a lot of quiet scenes in the movie. But... The, oh my gosh, bruh. And it's one of those people, she was one of those ladies who was so loud and obnoxious that you just hate being around. Like, I want to move further and further into the woods yeah. uh, when I run into these people in public. To give me your running commentary of the movie while you're at the movies where other people paid to go see this movie. Mm-hmm. Shut the fuck up. If you if you're one of those types of movies, watch or one of those types of movie viewers, watch the movie at home. Yeah, that's a great place. Yeah, that is a then you can eat your nachos. If you love nachos, you can make your own nachos. And the people who are watching these movies with you will appreciate watching movies with you if you make the nachos. However, if you are one of those folks that loves do, doing a running commentary of the movie, don't go to the fucking movies. Wait for it to come out on, on Amazon or fucking Netflix or whatever streaming service. And then tell us about it. And yeah. then we'll watch it and then we'll review it and we'll talk about it. But not at the theater. But not at the theater. No. Okay. So going forward, is there anything that you are looking forward to watching this week on a streaming service? No, I, I, th- I think I'm, I'm just waiting for uh, oh, something to catch my eye. Okay, so if you're at home right now and there's something that you would like to see on a streaming service you would like to hear us review, uh, by all means, let us know, and we will shoot the shit and talk about it. Shoot the poop. Shoot the poop. I don't know. Shoot the poop sounds weird. It does. Shoot the shit is also sounds sounds dirty. Sounds unnecessary. Absolutely. Shooting the poop sounds kind of fun. <laughs> all right. Uh, Godspeed. We'll talk to you soon. As per 3AAC 306.360 Alaska Marijuana Control Board Cannabis Use Warning A. Marijuana has intoxicating effects and may be habit-forming and addictive. B. Marijuana impairs concentration, coordination, and judgment. Do not operate a vehicle or machinery under its influence. C. There are health risks associated with consumption of marijuana. D. For use by adults 21 and older, keep out of the reach of children. And E. Marijuana should not be used by children who are pregnant or breastfeeding. Red Run Cannabis Company, License 3A10056. Red Run Cannabis Cultivators, License 4A10052. 
Red Run Cannabis Cultivators, License 5A19372. 5455 Kenai Spur Highway, 12156 Kenai Spur Highway, Kenai, Alaska 99611.